Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. This is going to be a unique episode. It's going to be a real life source edition of the Grace Point Daily Podcast with a twist. It's a collision with uh, the missionaries verse, no, not verse, alongside Dr. Yes. R.B. Maynard. Yes. <laughs> Dr. R.B. Maynard, our resident Bible teacher here at Grace Point Assembly of God in uh, Southwest Missouri. And he does his podcast called Verse by Verse with Dr. R.B. Maynard, the one that you all love and listen to every single week. I figured Dr. R.B. will get you on here to rub shoulders with these missionaries a little bit. I like that. So we'll, we'll turn the heat up on them, these yeah. missionaries, and maybe we'll throw in some deep theological questions right. for them right. and see if they're up to task. Yep, we'll see. We'll just, we'll <laughs> just see. All right, today is going to be a good one. We have Nathan Thomas, a missionary to Vanuatu, that's going to be joining us. And before we dive into that, we encourage you to like, share, and subscribe to the Grace Point Daily Podcast. You're making a part of your regular t- routine. And we do have a bunch of great missionary podcast episodes that we've banked, and we have more ready to publish in the upcoming weeks. And so check them out. And when you listen to them, I hope you are inspired, but you also take a moment to share them, send a direct message, put it on your social, et cetera, and those kind of things. All right, let's get to it here today on the Grace Point Daily Podcast. We have missionary Nathan Thomas, a missionary to Vanuatu. Hey, Nathan, how's it going? It is going good. All right. Well, it's good to have you on the Grace Point Daily Podcast missions edition here. real life stories we've been hearing stories of missionaries and yours is going to be a another great one we're going to talk about today so you are not in the united states right where are you right now in the world no uh right now we are temporary as temporarily stationed in saipan uh the northern mariana islands just north of guam okay wow and you are awaiting transport or to hop over to yes. Vanuatu in the near future here yeah, yeah. It, um, right now, Vanuatu, they are closed because of COVID, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, things are loosening up. We are hoping in the next few months to be headed over there, uh, but we're just kind of locked out right now. <laughs> yeah, well, it is, uh, I'm sure it's different than here in Southwest Missouri. and uh, Yeah, from what I hear, a lot warmer. <laughs> culture, all those kind of things, but we really love hearing these stories, and that's been the purpose of these Real Life Stories Missions Edition podcasts. We want to hear how all this transpired and how God has brought you to this place and okay. uh, your beginnings and all those kind of things. So tell me a little about, about your story, how you grew up, where you grew up and your spiritual beginnings. Well, um, uh, I grew up in, uh, I was actually born in uh, central California, Merced. And uh, of course, a uh, Christian family, uh, my parents, my dad was kind of a youth leader in the church I grew up in. Um, and probably spiritual journey, that's where it started there in Merced, California. Uh, probably my first feeling, looking back, when God first started laying on my life to go into ministry in general, uh, was there in California. And then when I was 10, the family moved to Southern Missouri there, uh, just south of Joplin. And that's probably, that's where I finished growing up. Uh, so after I finished uh, high school, I went directly into Bible school. Uh, there at Ozark Bible Institute, and I graduated from there, um, and then I got married right after that, and I was in the process to go as a missionary to Vanuatu, a uh, missionary associate, and so me and my wife, we got married. Three months later, we headed for Vanuatu, and we've been there ever since. <laughs> wow. What was the reason you grew up in California? What was the reason your family moved to Missouri? That's a big change. 
Um, do you know what? I don't really know. Um, the, <laughs> my, my parents never actually said, but I had a feeling that my dad, he did, uh, he uh, met some people from the Bible school there in uh, Neosha, Missouri, and he had thought about going to Bible school at one point, but he never was able to because, you know, four kids and wife had to provide. But since he moved there, uh, all four of his kids were able to go to Bible school. And so he, he, I guess that's why he made the move. Yeah. Did you like it? Were you, were you saddened? Did you, did you love California or was that a welcome change at that point oh, in your life? Um, well, I was 10 when we moved. I liked it. had my friends and everything, but, um, I don't know. I, I liked Missouri. I've, I guess ever since I moved to Missouri, I never wanted to move back. Um, it was a culture shock. <laughs> uh, California seemed very fast paced and, you know, everybody always going. And then you move to Missouri and life slows down, but it was, it was a good slowdown. I guess it was preparing me for the future. Cause once we entered Vanuatu, things slowed down even farther than Missouri. So okay. maybe it was God kind of preparing me, getting me halfway there. Wow. So. That, that, that's interesting. And did you, as you're growing up, here's what's interesting, Dr. RB, we're going to let him, you, you dial in whenever you feel yeah. led there. So yeah. by the spirit, Dr. RB, yes. but yes. I'm, I'm finding it interesting. A lot of the missionaries that we've interviewed uh, and talked to that they're, their parents were these great, solid Christian families. Not a lot of them were ministers, but great Christian families. So mm-hmm. maybe they were just, uh, they disobeyed the calling of God in their life, and then they made their kids <laughs> beca- yeah. become, <laughs> that's relive- what I'm concluding here. It's kind of like the coach who relives his uh, childhood or his uh, co- uh, his playing basketball, he relives it through his kids, yeah. coaching them, you know. Son, so. I didn't have enough faith to be a missionary, so right. you're going to be in <laughs> yes, my place. Yeah. But yeah, that no, be. that's gr- that's great though. That it is, it's so foundational. I think uh, what a blessing that you know. I'd tell my story. I didn't grow up in a, a Christian home, Christian family, but uh, I hear how important and vital, and and what a blessing that is. A lot of people that are missionaries, pastors, evangelists talk about the importance of that solidified, mm-hmm. foundational, strong upbringing in Christ that yeah. really helps launch that calling of God in, in their lives. Yeah. What was your uh, what was your uh, calling? What did that look like? I mean, did you know when you went to Bible school that, you know, missions was the thing or was that a calling that I, came after Bible school? Um, it came after my first year in Bible school. Um, I went to Bible school when I was 17 and I I was interested I I was one of these people I loved you know reading about different places in the world my my uh, grandpa he always had like travel magazines and whatnot and I always loved looking at him looking just all the places and growing up I always thought it'd be cool to live overseas and live on an island mm. and you know that was just always part of you know hey that that'd be cool um, but it wasn't until I was after my first year of college. Um, I was in Bonifay, Florida with the traveling choir from the uh, college. And the morning I was there, they also had a missionary from Ireland there. And so halfway through our, you know, our songs, we had gave it, did a little break and they had the missionary come up and speak. And just while he was speaking, it's like, oh, this is really cool. I love missionaries. I grew up around, you know, missionaries were always coming to our church there in Missouri. And I loved hearing their stories. And this was no different. It was really interesting, you know, kind of, you know, his stories. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then after he got done, he sat down in the choir, went back up there. And like during our first song, all of a sudden, just like God just laid it on my heart and said, Nathan, 
I'm calling you to be a missionary. And, you know, I would thought about traveling. I'd known missionaries in my life, but I never thought that about myself. I never even thought missions for me. But in that moment, it was just with that calling, it was just there was there was a peace and assurance is like, this is the voice of God. There was no doubt. There was no getting around it. And because it was just a knowing that's what he was calling me to. Um, but so that was the beginnings of the the long journey into missions for me. But it, I, I can still remember that um, that morning in Bonifay, Florida, where God just laid it in my heart that I was going to do missions. Amazing. I, I think it's so important. And obviously, we're trying to hear your story, but we're trying to give people advice. And I would hope people that are listening, and they're trying to walk out their own calling and their own trying to figure yeah. out their own journey of faith. And the questions of well, how do I know if I'm called? What do I do? And, and all those kind of things. Yeah. And one thing I just just simple thing that you can do, whether you're a parent or your kids is just just keep exposing your your kids or yourself to different environments and different people that, and I, because you just never know, like you, it was just, you had liked missions, thought about missions, but all of a sudden it was just this speaker and the light bulb came on for you, if you will. Oh yeah. Yeah. It it was definite light bulb moment. And probably, and even then, um, that was my calling at 17. I didn't even arrive at the mission field until I was, I think 27. Yeah, I think 20, 26 or 27, or 26, yeah. And so that it wasn't, it wasn't like immediately that, you know, the next day I was going overseas. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of it was just, it was just, that was the beginning of a process, a long process. And a lot of it just don't be scared by the process. And in that almost nine years between the calling and actually going somewhere, you know, I did a lot of growing. And there was times where I was just like, this, this, I don't think this is going to happen. Uh, but God, I, I I yielded my life to God and said, okay, God, what whatever you want, I'm doing. And a lot of things didn't turn out like I thought they would turn out. But mm-hmm. looking back, it's like, wow, they couldn't have gone any other way. <laughs> um, but a lot of it's just trusting the process and just relaxing into what God has called you to do. And a lot of people get stuck on, you know, finding the will of God for their life. Mm-hmm. But my pastor growing <laughs> up, he always said, the will of God's not hard to find if you're looking. You know, God's not hiding it from you. And so yes, that's yeah. one of those things. People, Great. they get very desperate about the will of God. It's like, dude, back up. Just know God, learn about Him, and follow after Him, and He will, you'll be where you need to be, you know. Amen. That's great. Dr. Arby, I am the will of God for your life. God willed, <laughs> willed me to be your pastor. I'm still praying about that. <laughs> awesome. Sounds like he's not sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we have a beautiful relationship. Okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> hey, talk to me. Talk, let's talk about that process. You get the call of God. And then uh, that period of time when you first just, you just know God spoke it to you. And then what life began to look like and the ebbs and flows as that process began. How well, um, for me, yeah, like I said, it was a nine year journey. And, um, when, when I remember the, 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 like the day he called me and, you know, the day after you, you're thinking in my 17 year old mind, 
I, the only missionaries I knew were like the evangelists, the, the pastors, the ones who spoke at crusades of thousands and thousands. And see, that's what I was, that's what I was expecting in my life. And I was like, okay. <laughs> God, I don't, I don't think I can do that. I mean, I'm a shy 17 year old boy. <laughs> I was very shy at that point in my life. And I was imagining the next day he was going to drop me off in the heart of Africa and say, okay, here's a crusade of, 50,000 people now speak to him. <laughs> and so I was terrified at first, but again, I'm just like, okay, let's just, let's move forward, you know, just keep going forward. And I was wondering, I was like, God, I don't know what you're going to do in my life. How am I going to get to Michigan? I don't feel, I, I didn't feel called to, um, don't get me wrong here, but I never felt called to preach. And, you know, mm-hmm. going to Bible school, you know, it's like, you gotta, you gotta preach. If you're going to be mission, you gotta preach. And I was like, okay, you know, and, and that's what I was expecting. Uh, but a, a, like a year or two into Bible school, God changed my route uh, to education. And I was like, okay, you know, how is this going to work? <laughs> I, didn't, mm-hmm. I, didn't know, I didn't know any education, you know, missionaries at that point in my life. Uh, but then, you know, fa- I went ahead with the, the education track in college. And then about my, my last year in college, I was reading a newsletter to, uh, they had a, a prayer group for Asia Pacific, and they had put me as the leader of it. I don't know why. Maybe it was just a God, I, yeah, it was a God thing. <laughs> uh, but there was a newsletter sent from the missionary to Vanuatu, Brian Webb. And he was just detailing all the things they needed in Vanuatu. They needed builders. They needed medical people to come. They needed teachers. And now as I was reading this, again, in my in in my heart, God just as I read the word teachers, God just dropped it into my heart and said, "There it is. That's what I'm doing." And it's like, "Oh wow!" And then it just it is suddenly clicked again. Peace and just a, a, a calmness is like it, the road was. I knew the next step, and it was just a, not long after that, Brian Webb actually came to the states, and I went and talked to him about becoming an MA with him. And, you know, I started the process with the assemblies and it just, it kept rolling and I I ended up working. I still work, start still work with him. (laughs) That's all. And he was our last podcast we did, Brian Webb. So. Oh, really? I I think the only problem I have with this Brian Webb guy is that he, he tries to convince everyone that they should be a missionary to Vanuatu. Like it's the only place. to do missions. Oh, yeah, Come on, yeah. Brian Webb. You, you, have, no. <laughs> you have to watch out for him. He will recruit you. <laughs> Dr. Arby, you want to dive in there? Yeah, I, I just, and maybe I'm getting ahead here a little bit, but you know, a lot of times, uh, obviously I've been here a long time. I've seen a lot of missionaries and you know, the, one of the, uh, I shouldn't say problems with it, but, but one of the things that I think missionaries get used to telling their story and maybe they miss preaching a sermon. And so it's like they would come here and I wanted to know what, what they did, you know, what, what was going on in Vanuatu, what, you know, what they, uh, what their calling was there. I know you mentioned teaching, but you know, how all that played out. And it would seem like that a lot of them would, uh, just very briefly say, well, we, uh, you know, we're helping to build churches and then, turn in your Bibles to Matthew and, you know, and they preach a sermon. And it's like, yeah. you know, I, not, not that I don't need another sermon, but, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just want to know what the missionaries, what it is you do in <laughs> Vanuatu, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
Now, usually in our services, I guess me not being a preacher, we lean more heavily on <laughs> telling people about of Vanuatu and, you know, what's going on there, you know, hoping that we'd run out of time and I wouldn't have to preach or something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I got used to preaching, but yeah, we, we tend to try to tell them a little more about Vanuatu and just, you know, what's going on there. Yeah. I, one, one thing that you brought up that I do like that I think is changing for the good, not that it was bad in one sense, but the, the idea that there is just, there's different roles in the context of missions. Uh, it seems oh, like, yeah. you know, back in the day, it was very limited to you're like a pastor right, or an evangelist. And, th- and oh, that yeah. was kind of it, you know, and it wasn't like, now we have people that have a strong emphasis of teaching or, or building or things. There's all these essential elements to uh, doing the work of missions. And even in the past, you know, the Sums of God, which is the organization that I'm part of right now, you know, they had a rule at one time, you had to be a senior pastor before you could be mm. a missionary. And I talked to one missionary yeah. on one of our last missionaries in our podcast. He's like, well, I never felt called to be a senior pastor. Right. So what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I don't feel called to be a senior pastor, but I feel called to be a missionary. So I do like that that is expanding. Yeah. And I want people to know that are listening I've been a short-term missionary person that, that there are so many roles and elements to missions. You know, my daughters are uh, going to be missionaries, but they're, one of them is going to be involved in medical. She wants to be a medical missionary. Oh yeah. And man, you Huge can go, need. you can go to these countries and that will create more of an open door than any preaching will ever get you. Right. Uh, building, yeah. sometimes building these, I'll create more of an open, open door than any crusade that you do, um, uh, that will open the door for you. So let's get back into your story. As you're in Bible college, um, okay. I'm assuming you were, you graduate and then what do you do? Did you go into ministry in a local church or what happened after Bible college? Oh no, I, I graduated and then got married. And three months later we went on the field. I've never actually taught in the States. So all my teaching experience, everything has all been in Vanuatu. Uh, but we're kind of transitioning. Our, the, Kind of what God has led us to do in Vanuatu is missions through education. See, what we'll do, uh, we'll go into a village where kids have no access to education. You know, they're either they're so far away uh, from school or they don't have money to go to school or whatever. And we, we go to that small village and we train teachers and we start the school and we, we give them all the equipment, all the curriculum, everything. We walk them through it. You know, there's a lot of training that goes into I'm giving the very short version. <laughs> uh, but then we give them, we give these kids access to an education. And we, we try to make it a quality education as, as much as we can. And it's getting better and better as we go along. Um, we teach everything, math, English, reading, writing, science. And um, as we learn, as we teach the kids, our curriculum is Christian, so it mixes in a lot of Bible stories and scriptures and everything. So they're learning all this. And a lot of these kids, they're not church kids. You know, they're, it, a lot of the villages don't have uh, a church even. They don't have access to the gospel as well. But a lot of them don't know they need the gospel, so they're not just going to invite someone in to start a church. But they know they need schools. So we come in, start the schools, and we use it as a springboard for the gospel. We've already had one village where we started a school, and about three months into the, the, the school year, they were liking what they were seeing. It was kind of just really drawing the community together. So they said, hey, what about starting a church here? And so we're like, hey, yes, <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. a good idea. Uh, why don't we do that? And so um, we, there was a, a Bible school not uh, too far away, started by Brian Webb. It's his uh, Bible training center there on Santo. 
and they had a graduating class. And so we brought one of the pastors and his wife and son to that village, and they started a church in that village that previously did not have a church. And so that's what we're shooting for. We're shooting to plant churches, but we're having to go the long way around because a lot of people, they don't know they want the church. They don't know they need the gospel, but they know they need an education. And so that's the door we come in. Um, we, we give them something they need, and then we, through, the, through relationship, uh, we give them something that they need even more. Yeah. Amen. Dr. Arby. So is the country open then pretty much to the gospel, or, or are you restricted oh, yeah, in any yeah. way? Yes, it, it is. It's it's very open uh, to it. it. It's actually on on the books. It's considered they consider themselves, I think, like eighty eighty five percent Christian. Hmm. And, you know that sounds like big. Like why do we have missionaries there? But uh, once you get on the ground, you find a lot of these tr- churches. They are uh, they're Christian in name, but they mix in a lot of their animistic beliefs. They have you know just, it's kind of a syncretistic uh, kind of experience in the churches. Most of them are. As as the country modernized, the kind of the tribal they were, you know, these tribal villages that their, I, that identity was kind of taken away, and so the church became their new identity. You are a Presbyterian because there is a Presbyterian church in your village, mm. and you are a, a Baptist because there is a Baptist church in your village. They may go there, they may not. That's just what the village is. And, you know, a lot of these people, they'll go to church on Sunday, and if they have a need, they'll say, hey, you know, uh, pray for this need. And if it doesn't, nothing happens, Monday they're at the witch doctor's house trying to figure out you know, how to meet that need that way. Mm. And so it's, it's kind of a mess. So there's a lot of discipleship that needs to happen, and that is happening um, there. And a lot of that we're trying to do with the schools. That That's why very early we're teaching these kids scripture. We're trying to get as much scripture with, with their curriculum, with their education, get as much scripture into them as possible, because the Holy Spirit, He can use that scripture to to lead them and guide them through their lives, give wisdom and help them kind of kind of start figuring out, you know, this 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 new life that's being offered. And it's planting the seeds of the gospel. You know, not every kid's going to come to Christ. Uh, through while they're a student, but we are praying that these scriptures um, will stay with them through life, and at some point, the Holy Spirit will use them to bring fruit out of that that seed that we planted in their childhood. You had mentioned that when you first got called, you kind of thought like, oh, a missionary was preaching to thousands of people at Crusades, and you were a little overwhelmed by that. What were you thinking when you took the plane ride over to Vanuatu or the first the first time you became a missionary, what were your thoughts as you're heading over there now to be a full-time missionary, to live there, to exist there? What was going on in your head? Oh, there were, that was um, uh, probably mostly, well, I guess I was too, too uh, uh, stupid to be scared. Uh, but there, there was definitely a lot going on in my heart. It's like, can I do this? Because um, by that point, I'm 26, uh, almost almost 27. I'm newly married just by three months and me and my wife heading over there. Uh, there was, it was, I knew it was what God wanted me to do. So I was just, I was just walking forward. Sometimes, you know, you ever have those moments you're going to a situation that uh, is very scary for you, but it's just like, I just got to put one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. You almost, you almost go on autopilot. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's like, okay, God's called me here. I'm going to do it. So I'm just going to keep walking forward, keep walking through this door. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but um, 
God had everything lined up. Uh, we we had a really, I think we had a really good time our first term. We had excellent mentors in the webs. Uh, they taught us so much in that first term. And well, they still are. I mean, yeah. every every time we come in contact with them um, after that, we spent a couple terms with them there. And now they're kind of transitioning into a, a more leadership role over the whole region. So they're they're just our mentors still in a bigger way. But we we had a really good time. God, we it was exactly where God wanted us to be, exactly when God wanted us to be there. And he really, he, he moved. And we're still looking back. Um, at, even after 10 years in it, we look back at what all God did. We're like, how did God accomplish all that through us? Mm-hmm. We... <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. made so many mistakes, stumbled so many times. Uh, you know, we're we're not the, the most gifted people out there, but it, God called and God did it. God God's done all this, um, but we just we followed, we held on, we kept putting one foot in front of the other, and just kept moving forward through whatever we were afraid of, or mm-hmm. any anxieties, any worries, any challenges. We just kept moving forward i guess that the one good thing about us we're plotters yeah <laughs> we keep moving forward so. I'll, gi- I'll give the next question dr rb here a second but what was your biggest struggle in the mission field what was what in whether it was the last 10 years or it was right in the beginning in the middle what has been your biggest struggle as a missionary um, uh probably the probably the first first little while it was missing home uh missing family uh missing your own culture missing the familiar, you know, all those things kind of tied into one. Um, but over the years, once once I got used to Vanuatu, once me my wife got used to it, we're now it feels like home. And now it's like we're we're going home. And every time, you know, we know people, we know places. And it's mm-hmm. very comfortable in that region uh, away now. Uh, but probably what's uh, our biggest challenge moving forward is we're kind of moving into a different uh, season in life and ministry, um, always before in Vanuatu, we were always we were in the classroom teaching as much as possible. And now, with it, the kind of uh, the schools are expanding, we can no longer just uh, we're we can be better utilized by not teaching in a school, but training teachers. And so that it's kind of scary stepping out into something like that. We're expected to be lead of a growing organization. He's like, I don't know how to do this. And so it's just uh, <laughs> probably the kind of the anxiety of changing roles. And we're kind of in the midst of it. We're now trying to figure out a new normal. And so uh, we're still we're still in process. Uh, but but we're loving it, and we're still walking forward. Uh, probably going to make some mistakes. Um, I'm sure we're going to make mistakes, but hey, I I really believe God's got it, and we look back and see all the all the stumblings and mistakes we made in the past, and He deals He did something with that, so we're trusting He'll do something again. Uh, Just a couple of things I I think um, I, I love it that when you're talking, it's uh, it's we we do this, we do that, we go here, we go here, there. Uh, I love that because I can tell uh, through that that this is a team effort. But, uh, you know, oh, maybe yeah. backtracking a little bit, but where, you know, with with your wife meeting her and, I mean, was she 100% on board with you? Was this a team decision or was she more 
following you, you know, in your ministry? I mean, where, how did that all play out? Okay. Um, I guess it's a little bit of both. Um, we met in Bible college, but we're just friends, kind of. We knew of each other. Um, but we were both kind of had, she was called her last year of Bible school, she was called into missions. Um, but she had actually, she graduated a couple of years before me and, you know, kind of headed out. And she was actually looking for opportunities to serve in missions. Uh, there was an opportunity to work with um, an orphanage in Florida. And she was going to head in there because the, the orphanage was a place where um, uh, Cuban kids who came over and, you know, that, that kind of that community, kind of a Cuban community. Um, but the door closed uh, for that. And it was, she, as the way she tells it, uh, just a, a week or two later, I gave her a call. And I was already, I'd already, was already fundraising to go to Vanuatu. And so God just kind of, God just connected us. And I was actually going to go to Vanuatu and serve a two-year term and then come back. And I was like, okay, you know, if, if, it's, if it's the thing to do, I'll go for two years. When I come back, then, hey, we'll pursue this relationship. But it was taking me forever to raise my funds. I was still <laughs> plodding along, again, plodding along. Mm-hmm. And just like nothing was happening, nothing was happening. And, you know, we were kept talking. Everything, things were was getting more and more serious. Uh, but I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to Vanuatu. This is happening. I'm not, I can't, you know, stop that. The process is already rolling. Yeah. Um, but she was very on board with that. She was actually on board with awaiting, but things just got more serious. And it's like, hey, I'm still here. It doesn't look like I'm going to be going anywhere soon. Uh, so we actually, we got, we just decided to get married first. And like I said before, you know, we got married and three months later, we were headed to the mission field. So I think that was, was one of the things God was, I think he was holding me back because he wanted us to be that team. He <laughs> uh, wanted yeah. her to go along with me. Is like, if you just, you could speed things along if you would just go ahead and marry this girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I did, I caught on <laughs> and got married and it has been very much a, a team effort all along. She has been right there by my side and we've done, we've done everything together. Um, this would not have happened if if she hadn't been by my side, and so yeah, it's, it's quite, quite, I was going to say the question is answered there. Did your fundraising increase or decrease when you got married? So increased. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there second, was an increase. Follow up question there as well. Do you have well, a second one or? Um, I, I, what about? Do you have children? Yes, we have three daughters now. We have a not almost nine year old a seven-year-old, and a two-year-old. Mm, okay. So, and they're, how, how have they, I mean, do they love the mission field? Is there a struggle with them at all? Oh, no. Uh, when we went back for the this past term, uh, my two older girls, they were two and almost four. And so they were, mm. they spent that, they grew up there. They, they, yeah. didn't re, they didn't remember the States. Oh, yeah. Um, and so they, they both went to school there, made friends there, learned the language, and they loved it. They, they really, they thrived. Mm. And so, but coming back to the States was a little harder for them because then it was, it was, oh, it was a different culture for them. Right, right. Uh, but they, they thrived there too. They, they, they were good. But they're excited to go back. The youngest one, she went with us on a two-week trip um, back while we were itinerating. We took a group over to Vanuatu for a couple of weeks, and we took her with us. But she was only, uh, I think, nine, ten months old, so she doesn't remember it. But she'll probably have the same experience. She'll she'll be uh, two when we get there, and about 
about six when we leave. So. Wow. I haven't really explored this question. Let's touch on this one for just a second, but how do you be a real person and a missionary on the mission field? Meaning that if I, I guess if I put it in my own brain, being a real person, being like, Hey, you know, I really like to, I really like to mountain bike. You know, I really enjoy that. I really, here's some things I really like to do. How am I going to be like a normal human? Although I know I'm called to be a missionary and I'm going to exist in this foreign country, but I am a person and you know, I have hobbies and Uh interests. How is that flushed out for you as a missionary? Um, probably, I mean, I, I enjoy uh, one thing that works in with, uh, with being a missionary. I enjoy going hiking, um, so that actually works in Vanuatu because we got a trek to a lot of these villages. There, there's a lot of long walks in between them. Uh, so that kind of fulfills that. I'm, I'm doing my work and I'm doing something I enjoy at the same time. Um, I love I love traveling, and so you get I get to travel a lot in Vanuatu and then to and from, and then we kind of you know we get to move around quite a bit as missionaries, and I love that. Um, so that kind of plays into it too. That to you know just me as a person i enjoy that and then me and my wife we pursue other hobbies too she likes to write so she'll she's able to write from there just kind of just some blogging and whatnot and then i paint and so that's something i can get all the supplies there to do some painting so we got we kind of and we've kind of made our house there um for the girls too we we try to make it as american as possible you know on the inside so they're kind of raised in American home. We have American habits within, and you know, uh, try to try to do all that. So we are able to, we're able to relax in our own home, and just kind of be be people. Um, but yeah, once you step out of the home, then you have to you have to be missionary. You got to switch hats and put on that missionary hat and go out and uh, do some work. But we try to make the environment in the home conducive to us just being you know who we are. Amen. I'll ask one more question and turn it over to Dr. RB if he has any others and we'll wrap up the episode. Uh, I have two daughters. Okay. They're seniors in high school. They're, you know, getting ready to graduate. They're going to go to college. They're, you know, they want to step into the calling of God, you know, people like that or anyone in general, but I'm thinking of younger people, people searching out God's will. If you had, uh, you know, a lunch with them, coffee with them, what would be the things like, this is what I have to tell you. I, I have, I, you need to know this and maybe not just people are going to be missionaries, but I'm talking about young people, people yeah. in a journey of faith, searching out their calling God's will. What, the, what would be the anthems, the, the points, the things you, I have to tell you this. Um, probably advice I would give to anybody going to ministry, I would say, make it priority, you know, choose that first, do thing, don't, don't do things that are incompatible with that. Um, one thing I saw kind of growing up in my youth group, there was uh, three or four of us who were called, they, we felt called to missions. And I am, I, out of the three and three or four, it was about four or five, I'm the only one in full-time missions today. And I think I'm the only one in missions in, in total, um, not just full-time. Uh, but when I look back, a lot of them, they, they made choices that weren't compatible with missions. Um, they got married to, to people who <laughs> had no interest in it, or they got, you know, went to college and went into careers that didn't leave room for it. Uh, but God and His, His grace and mercy, it wasn't because I was smart and knew what, what decisions to make. I don't, 
it was, it almost feels like I stumbled into it because it's like they all made these mistakes and I didn't, but God just gave me a, a special grace. But I think looking back, it was because I, I made choices that prioritized. I didn't, I didn't get bogged down or tied down. I didn't pursue careers or relationships that weren't compatible with what God had called me to do. Um, but that that's a lot of it that that's a big thing uh, you you see a lot of youth they they want you know they want to go to ministry or they want to go into missions uh but they're like okay what but i'm going to go i'm going to get involved in this career i'm i'm going to choose this i'm going to take this job uh or do this and they they start filling up their lives and they're not able to make the decisions toward missions it gets harder and harder they can still make they can still cut and, <laughs> and do what god wants them to do but it becomes harder and harder they get comfortable in their life, and there comes to a point where they're like, okay, I'm comfortable with this. I don't want to learn something new. I don't want to change. I'm just going to do this, and maybe I'll just give money to missions, or I'll be involved in my church, and I'll, or I'll give tithes, or, you know, you know I'll, this career will pay for, you know, the church. To, you know, I'll give money, and other people can do it, but they, they make decisions, and they get comfortable uh, but I, th- I think the trick is just get the ball rolling and plod and follow it. Just <laughs> put your head down and make the decisions that you need to make. And don't get involved with anything that doesn't have that end in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I hope that was clear. If that, yep. if that was kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dr. RB, that's what I do at Grace Point. I just one day at a time. Yep. Plodding along. Yep. Keep going along. forward. No, you, the congregation's <laughs> the one that's just plodding along. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one thing I, I remember you probably, if you were here, you knew brother Graham, the pastor. Yeah. Um, one of the things that, you know, he, we had an, I shouldn't say an overload, but he was, you know, at least two missionaries a month. That was kind of his, uh, thing that spoke here at the church. And, and the one thing that he always would ask would be, uh, what can we pray with you about? In other words, uh, you know, instead of, because every missionary, we always called them, and I guess they still do. You had your prayer card. That was, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. information, but it was supposed to be, you know, put this on your refrigerator. And, you know, I mean, I, yeah. could, I could wallpaper a wall with, with the cards, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, and so, you know, it was always like, well, pray for us, pray for us. That's number one, pray for us. And I, and yeah. I understand that. But what, I mean, in, in response to the question he used to ask was, what, what do you need uh, I know prayer is number one, but what do you need, you know, financially to do what you do? How have things gone with, with the pandemic? Have, have the churches been able to be faithful, you know, in their, in their pledges? Yeah. I mean, have things, how have things played out with, you know, financially and what, what are the needs, I guess? Okay. Um, as far as financially, um, Early on, there was, I, I'm not going to lie, there was a lot of anxiety in my heart because it's like, mm-hmm. you know, if, if people are people are losing their jobs, the economy is going down, it's like you know, if they lose their job and they're not going to be able to pay, you know, their churches, and their mm-hmm. churches are not going to pay their pledges or they're not going to, they're going to stop. But really, we have, we lost like one supporter wow. out, of, out of this whole thing that I know of. I, I might look through our records and find more than that, but our our funding hasn't gone down mm, at all. That's awesome. If not, the last few months we've actually seen um, in excess of what we need each month come in. 
Right. Uh, so God has been been faithful. Um, he, he's really blessed. Wow. And all of our projects and everything are, are fully funded at this point. Um, and so he, God has been really, really good. Now we're just, we, <laughs> at times when we get discouraged, and me and my wife, we have these, because we're in Saipan right now. We're not, you know, mm-hmm. supposed to be here. We're supposed to be in Vanuatu. Right. It's like, what, God, what are you doing putting us in Saipan for this time? And but we're we have those moments, those down moments. Are like, are we ever going to get back to Vanuatu? And I just remind her, I was like, Jen, we couldn't have raised our budget, we couldn't have raised money for all of these projects we're doing. Mm-hmm. But God did that. He did mm-hmm. miracles in bringing all this together. It's like if He did all that, I think we can trust Him yeah. that you know He's He's still moving, <laughs> right. and He has us exactly where. He wants us to be, you know, so we're walking through doors. Probably prayer request is, you know, these next few months, um, and pray for us that we'll just continue growing in what He wants us to be and do. And we're continuing to transition into these new roles uh, that God would just give us wisdom and grace to, to make good decisions. Um, also, when we get back to Vanuatu, we are going to have to, we're, we're hoping to start about 15 to 20 new schools and with all those schools, we're going to need teachers and um, personnel and just all, all kinds of stuff. And so that God will put us in contact with the right people at the right time um, that he has put it in their hearts uh, to do Christian education, that we can partner with uh, locals in Vanuatu. And just overall, um, it, uh, my kids, you know, they're transitioning into it too. Um, pray for us. Pray for them during transition. Uh, that God will just, you know, He will lay this on their heart as well. I mean, because they're, I, I don't want them to just be drug along, but I want right. them to see this as, you know, their life. And, you know, God has given them some opportunities, but they can be used by God. And they already have been. Uh, but just God will just surround their hearts and protect their hearts and always uh, let their hearts be open to Him. And so okay. that's all I can think of right now. <laughs> That's awesome. Missionary Nathan Thomas, we appreciate you so much. Missionary to Vanuatu, we'll be praying for you, thinking of you. And uh, thanks for all the insights and things that you brought up in your story. There's always things that uh, these individual things that have come out of our interviews and our uh, with every missionary, very specific things that I think you can grab hold of those of you that are listening that can encourage you and bless you. Hey, thanks for listening to the Grace Point Daily podcast. We'll talk to you guys next time.